All right, so uh, Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read verses 22 through 24. It says here, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now as to the church, or now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. Amen. So um, sent out a, I had Jeannie sent, Sister Jeannie sent out a text earlier this week. If you are on our um, prayer distribution list where we send out prayers to people and, you know, and we ask you to be praying for members or family members or whatever, really whatever comes up. If you're on that list, you receive that text and... Um, Basically, the text was uh, just announcing what we were going to be doing the next three weeks or so. And uh, for the next three weeks, we're going to be here in Ephesians chapter 5, towards the end of it. And we are looking at the household of God and what God, his instructions and his commands for uh, wives, husbands, parents, and children. And we're going to take it in that order. So if you notice, uh, I did not include uh, the husband in today's sermon, um, I, I wanted to take each role um, one at a time, independently. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do that was because there's a lot to say about each, each role within the family, uh, number one. But number two, I also did not want to create a distraction uh, between a, a husband and a wife. And what, what, I don't know, my own personal experience, I appreciate whenever I can just focus on one thing and not several things. And what happens sometimes is whenever you're going over a passage like this where there's, there's the, the role of the wife and then there's a role of the husband, um, the wife is kind of not paying attention to what she's supposed to be doing and she's looking at over what the husband's supposed to be doing. And the husband's not paying attention to what he's supposed to be doing. He's looking over what the wife's supposed to be doing. And no one's really paying attention to what God has called them to do. So uh, I thought it would be very helpful for us to look at one uh, role at a time. Uh, so that's why I did not include uh, the, the role of husband today. Um, I only wanted to focus on the ministry of the wife. And you, you heard me correctly. It is a ministry. To be a wife is, is to have a ministry, uh, just like to be a mother. You know, so uh, we, we tend to think of ministries of things that we do here at the church. But really, the, our ministries are our lives. And being a wife is a major part of, uh, of your ministry. Now, obviously, not everyone here is a wife. We have husbands. Uh, we have children here. Uh, we have people who are single. Regardless who you are, we can all learn from this passage. Uh, for one thing, if, uh, if, if you're a husband and we're focusing on the wife today, you can learn, on, you can learn how to encourage your wife to fulfill the calling that God has for her. To be her helpmate in doing that. If you're one of the children today, same, same thing. You can actually help your mother fulfill her calling and being a wife to your father. If you're single, you can hear the words that I'm about to say and you can remember them. And, 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 and uh, if you're a future wife, you can be thinking about what you need to become in order to fulfill your calling as a wife. If you're a single man in here, you can learn what you need to look for 
and a wife. So uh, this, this passage, even though it's about the wife, it speaks to all of us in here. And, um, you know, what we, when we look at this passage, uh, we, we see, or not only this passage, but really, if, if you go through the rest of chapter 5 all the way through verse 33, we see that God has called each role in the house uh, to do something specific. And he has called them to do this for a specific purpose as well. Uh, a lot of us, when we look at our roles in, in, in the family, we, we want to gain gratification from the work that we do. And the way we tend to try to seek that gratification is by the fruits of our labor. That's, that's what we try to do. So if, if you are a husband, you, you want to work uh, to please your wife, not just to please her. And I'm talking about our natural instinct. Not just to please her, but if we are honest, we have ulterior motives. We, we want to please her so that she can be a good wife to us. If we are a wife, we want to please our husband so that he can be a good husband to us. Right? Same thing with our kids. Our kids, we want to, we want to treat them well. Why? So that they can behave. So, in our natural state, what we do is kind of selfish. And what happens a lot in the family structure is things don't go as planned. The husband doesn't live up to his expectations. The wife doesn't live up to her expectations. The children don't live up to their expectations. And then what happens? What happens is disappointment a loss of purpose, a loss of fulfillment in the family. Why? Because you're not getting what you think you deserve. But see, that's not what God's word has called us to. God has called us to very, a very specific task and for a very specific reason. And if you look at your Bible, I want to back up just a little bit <clears throat> to what we talked about last week. And I want to start from there. So if you remember last week, Paul was talking about being filled with the spirit. You know, how we should make the most of our time, how we should not be foolish um, and not how we should not walk around in drunkenness, but that we should be filled with the spirit. Right. So after he says that we should be filled with the spirit, uh, look at verse. Well, look at the end of verse 18 with me and verses 19 through 21. We're still in chapter five here. So this is what Paul says. But be filled with the Spirit, look at verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. Now let me pause there just for a second. Remember, earlier in the chapter, Paul was saying, stay away from division, stay away from strife, stay away from being negative towards one another, destroying each other with your language. So here at the end of chapter 5, he's saying, instead of doing that, and being filled with malice and anger and everything else, he says we ought to be filled with the Spirit. And if we're filled with the Spirit, this is, this is the, the outcome of that. We're going to be praising the Lord. We're going to be encouraging one another with the Lord. Okay, so let's proceed. Um, he says, making, uh, making melody to the Lord with your hearts, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's the important verse, verse 21. 
submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's the, the, the pivotal verse here between this transition that Paul's speaking about how we should speak to one another within the church to going into the relationships of the family. So verse 21 is key. That in everything that we do and in, in every way that we submit to one another, we need to submit to the one another out of reverence for Christ. And I'll expound more on that as we go along, but we need to know that God has called each and every single one of us within the family structure to a specific role, not to please ourselves or not to get anything out of it for ourselves. We do anyway, and those are blessings from the Lord, but he has called us to these roles out of submission to Christ. And so this is what in reality, as we, are, as we continue to read through this passage, what we are reading about is submission to Christ within the home. That's what we're reading about. So I know there's some trigger words in here, especially in verses 22 to 24. And those trigger words here in, in, in today's world is submission. Women hear that and it's like, whoa, wait a second. What are you expecting me to do? Right. Well, the answer to that is I expect you to submit to Christ. And it's the same thing for the husband. I expect you to submit to Christ. So in other words, what Paul is really addressing here at the end of, of uh, Ephesians chapter 5 is how to treat your neighbor as yourself. That, that's what he's addressing. He's addressing the, the horizontal aspect of the law, how we treat one another in reverence to God. And let me tell you, there is no closer neighbor that you have than your wife. And vice versa. Wife, there is no closer neighbor that you have than your husband. That's where it starts. So today, let's just focus on the ministry of the wife. And, and there are four focal people in this passage that I, that I want to point out. First of all, it all starts with Christ. We, I'm, I'm talking about the wife here and her, her role within the family, but in reality, it starts with Christ. Because what Paul is saying here is that Christ is the reason for submission within the home. He's the reason. If we have any other motivation, if we have any other motive, it's, it's, and it's before Christ, it's, it's the wrong motive. So Paul lines it out. Christ, he's the reason for submission. He's Lord of your life. I just did a baptism, three baptisms, right? And, and I ask them, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have, we, those who are Christians in here, we have all made that proclamation that Jesus is Lord of our lives. So then that means everything we do is in submission to him. That's number one. Number two is the church. Paul points out the church, and he says that the church is the example of submission that the wife is to follow. We know the church is not a building, it's, it's, it's a body of believers. So we are the church, and to the wives in here, Paul says, follow the example, submit to the Lord as the church submits to him. The wife 
She is the one who is called to the ministry of respecting her husband. And then we have the husband. He is the one who is called to the ministry of leading his wife. Okay, so those are the four, if I were to say key people within this passage, uh, those are them. But let's talk about the ministry of submission for the wife. Now, many Christians have it in their minds that the wives are the only ones who are called to submit within the marital relationship. I, I, I don't really know where the confusion is because I think the Bible is very clear about that. Submission it doesn't only belong to the wife. Submission belongs to the husband and the wife. But I, I know, I, I know, you know, it's old school to think that, in both parties, it's old school to think that um, the husband says something, the wife is supposed to jump at it. And if she doesn't, then it's disrespecting his authority. If, if that's the kind of culture you're trying to develop within your home, I, I can tell you that's a very unhappy culture. And that's not the real meaning of respect from your wife. But that's kind of what we're used to. That's what we see back in the day. That's the way it was. People were raised that way. But when we look at the Bible, the Bible is very clear that there's submission and it goes both ways. Why do I say this? Well, because we go back to the pivotal verse. We go back to verse 21. Notice what Paul says in verse 21. He doesn't say, um, he doesn't say wives submit to your husbands out of reverence for Christ. He doesn't say, husband, submit to your wife out of reverence for Christ. What does he say? He says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So what does that tell you? Well, it tells me that there's mutual submission. It does not look the same, but yet there's mutual submission. So yeah, I'm here to tell you, men of the church, husbands of the church, you are to submit to your wife as well. In fact, your calling of submission is far greater. And we'll talk about that next Sunday. It's far greater than the wife and what she is called to do. But, you see, this mutual submission, submission within the marriage in theology, this concept is called complementarian a, a complementarian relationship. And when we talk about complementarian relationship, all that means is that the man and the woman, they have different complementary roles and responsibilities within the family. God has created us equal in value. He has gifted us with different gifts. He has made us different so that when we come together, we complement one another in raising a household of God. That's, that's what God has done. And what he has done, it is a wonderful thing. It is uh, it, not only for the family, but it's also for uh, the church as well. Husband and wives are called to different things. Men and women are called to different things. And Paul says that wives are to submit to their husbands. In fact, he says that wives are to submit to their husbands in, and I have it in caps in my notes, everything. Everything. Wives are to submit to their husbands in everything. All right, that's all I have for y'all. Let's go ahead and pray and let's go ahead and leave. <laughs>
You see, what this points out here is that this is not selective submission. Now, hey, I'll give you one thing. I know women talk about men a lot, and they say men have selective hearing. But on the flip side, I think there's a lot of selective submission going on as well. Right? Because in... in not only, not only for the men, but on the, on, not only for the women, excuse me, but on the men's side as well about the selective submission, because it goes back to us being selfish. It goes back to us wanting to know what we're, what we're going to get out of it. So if it works out well for you, then you're like, yeah, I'll submit to that. If it does not work out well for you, then it's a struggle. You see, Paul says, wives, there are no excuses. You must submit to your husband and everything. See, if both the husband and the wife are called to submit to one another, well, what type of submission is a wife to practice? What is she called to? Well, let's look at your Bibles. Verse 23 it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Um, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong verse. Verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And here's the end of it. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. Right, so Paul at the beginning is calling wives to submit uh, to their husbands, but he really doesn't describe, he tells how they are, but he doesn't describe what this submission is. It's not to the very end of uh, this, this section of passage where Paul reveals, after he talks about the, the husband's submission to the wife, he reveals that the wife is to submit to her husband in the form of respecting her husband. So when Paul mentions respect here, he, meant, he means for her to honor him as her husband. This is the same um, language when the word fear is used, whenever the Bible talks about us fearing the Lord. It's not a fear of dread, but rather one of respect and honor. And so Paul is using similar language here to speak to the wives and saying, you need to honor that man who lives with you, who you've made marriage vows with, you need to honor that man as your husband. Now, whenever I do a marriage, I've come up with some marriage vows that I'm really proud of because I, I think that they're, they've taken a long time to come up with, by the way, um, years of doing marriages and years of looking at this passage. But when I look at what it means for a woman to honor a man... Um, this is what I think of. It means that she is to commit herself to his happiness. That's part of the marriage vows that, that, that I have written out for people whenever I do weddings. She is to commit herself to his happiness. She is to commit herself to his self-fulfillment. Uh, she is to commit herself to his usefulness in God's kingdom. If she is going to honor him, she is to love him. She is also to trust him. 
and she is also to serve him. Now, hold on, that's another trigger word. I know, I know. Hear me out. She is to serve him. And she is to do this in sickness and in health. Doesn't matter. She is to do this in adversity and prosperity. Doesn't matter. And she is to do this truthfully and to be loyal to him all the days of her life. And that's what it means for a wife to honor her husband. Now, now that we've kind of gotten that taken care of and we've described what the ministry of submission is for the wife, here's the big question I know that a lot of the ladies have in here. Why is the wife to respect her husband? Why do I have to respect my husband? Well, I, I think you know the answer, but we'll go ahead and address it. It's very simple because he deserves your respect. Right, ladies? He does everything right, doesn't he? He deserves your full respect because he is the perfect guy. <laughs> uh, now we know that's not, even the men are laughing. We know that's not true. There's a far better reason of why you are called to respect your husbands. Listen to this, ladies. This is very careful. By honoring your husband, you as a wife, you are fulfilling God's divine calling for your life. It is a beautiful thing. A wife, is, it, it, it's so much of who you are. Behind being part of the bride of Christ, this is the greatest honor that you have in this life. To be the bride of your husband. Now, I know we have a problem seeing it this way because of the way we see the world interact with each other in marriage. But as Christians, and for you to be a wife, it is, it is an honor. It is a, a great honor. And, and, and by honoring your husband, you are fulfilling God's divine calling for your life. And listen, even when your husband doesn't deserve your respect, we know this. Jesus always deserves it. And that's why Paul says, you know, wives, you must respect your husbands. We go back to verse 21, out of reverence for Christ. See, ultimately, your submission of respect to your husband is your submission of reverence to the Lord. That's what it is. I want you to look at it that way. As you respect your husband, try your very hardest, because this is extremely difficult, and we all struggle with this, and this is something that we have to be sanctified in, but as you are respecting your husband, don't look at it to see if he deserves that respect, but rather know that you're respecting him out of reverence for Christ. That's why Paul says that a wife is to submit to her husband as to the Lord. He's very specific in saying that in our passage. You see, God created man, then he created woman from man. 
So when we get back to the reason as to why the wife should respect her husband in a certain way, it's because we go back to the creation order. We go back to the way God created things. He didn't do things unorganized. Or he didn't, he didn't do things just the way, just to do them. There was an order to them. And so when he created man, he created him first. Then he took the rib from man, and then he created woman. And when man saw woman, he said, behold, there she is, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. And so that creation order is very important because it wasn't only a fact, but it was also symbolic of the roles of marriage. Listen to this out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul describes it here. He says, here in verse 8, he says, For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. So he goes back to Genesis. He goes back to the creation order. And he explains why it is that a woman should respect her husband. And then he sums it up here in verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. You see, although man and woman are equal before God, men are not any more valuable than women are. Let's just put that out right now. Let's, let's, Let's extinguish that fire right now. God has created both man and woman in his image. And in the the image of God, you were created. And you were created to honor him in your specific calling. So although men and women are equal before God in worth, God has ordained that man be the leader of his home and for his wife to respect his divine ordination. Because that's what it really comes down to whenever we talk about what man is called to. He's called to be the leader of the home. It is God who has ordained him as that. And the woman is to respect God, the gods or to respect God's lordship over the home and to respect this divine ordination that God has placed on the man. Now, how how is a wife to carry out her ministry of respect? We've talked about what submission is, why she is to do it, because basically the Lord said so. And then in the very end, how is the wife to carry out her ministry of respect? Well, let's identify the problem first. The problem with the wife in respecting her husband is found in the fall. It's found in sin. Genesis chapter 3 talks about this. 3 16. This is the curse that was handed down to the woman. He says to the woman, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And then he goes on and he talks to Adam and gives him his curse, and we'll cover that next week. So, this is the problem. The problem is, Ladies, in your natural disposition, there is a struggle with respecting the authority of your husband. In order for you to respect the authority of your husband, your heart 
has to be changed by God. Number one, it's impossible for you to do it outside of that. Singles in here, did you hear what I just said? Because I know what y'all are looking for. I know y'all are looking for that person that meets the qualification of the eyes. But you better be looking for that person who meets the qualification of the word. Because if you do not want that turmoil in your relationship, you better be looking for someone who loves the Lord. Because without the Lord and without him changing their hearts, they're not going to be able to fulfill their calling, their God-given calling as a husband or as a wife. So that's where we have to start. Wives, you are naturally, naturally inclined to fight against the respect and the authority of your husbands. It's not going to get any better unless the Lord changes your heart. Now, let's let's talk about that. If the Lord has changed your heart. This is supposed to happen automatically. Right. Come on, ladies, it's not right. This is difficult. Even though the Lord has changed your heart, now it's a struggle to do what you have been called to do. But at least it's a struggle. When it's a struggle, at least I know you are trying. And through the good, bad, and ugliness of your relationship and of yourself, the Lord is changing you to become the woman he has called you to be. So when we talk about a wife and how she used to carry out this ministry, you are to be long-suffering in it because you are going to make mistakes. You are to be vigilant in it, not give up because it is going to be difficult. You are to maintain faith and trust in the Lord through it because you're going to need it. You're going to have this battle, this internal battle to go against what your husband wants, to have a contrary opinion to what he is looking for. You're going to have this inclination to want to butt heads with him. And if you're not careful, it's going to get so bad, you're going to want to take away the divine authority that has been placed on him and you're going to want it for yourself. And the tragic thing about that is that it's, it's happened and it's happening more and more today. Where men are not leading their house as they are called to. Women are not respecting their husbands as they are called to. And it's chaos. It's chaos. I guarantee if you ask your husband, what is it that you want from me? I guarantee he wants your respect. Not in the form of, you, I say what you do, you do it. That, again, that's not respect. But respect involves everything that I mentioned. Love, honor, trust. It involves all of that. That's what your husband wants from you. My wife knows my weakness. I've, I've told it to her. 
She knows how to break my heart if she wanted to. If she really wanted to break my heart, all she had to do was not respect me. I would crumble before her. It it, it would be devastating to have a wife that does not respect me. I know her weakness. See, she wants to be cherished. Because that's that's what God has called men to do to their wives. She wants to be cherished, and if I didn't cherish her, I'd break her heart. And sometimes we know that about each other, and that's where we attack each other. And it should never be that way. We should love and support one another in all things. Now, for the wife to understand her calling to respect her husband... This is where she needs to look. It goes back to the four things that I pointed out. The four uh, focal points of this passage. She must look to the church and the church's calling to submit to Christ. Look at verse 24. It says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, as a wife, you will not find fulfillment in your ministry outside of doing it out of reverence for Christ. I cover that a little bit, but you're not going to find fulfillment out of that. Outside of that, excuse me. If you're depending on your husband to, to be the husband you want him to be out of your submission, it's going to be completely frustrating for you. In other words, you're, you're not going to change your husband. Now, for one thing, if he's a Christian, that's not your job. It, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. He's the one who changes him, not, not you. No matter how much influence you think you have, you're not going to change him. And if he's not a Christian, you're definitely, definitely not going to change him. That also goes back to the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. So you, you must submit as a wife. You're not going to find this fulfillment outside of doing it out of reverence for Christ. You are called to respect. This is why you are called to respect a man who sometimes doesn't deserve it. Maybe it's more times than not. He doesn't deserve it. That's why. That's why you're not going to be able to fulfill this calling outside of reverence for Christ. I can go on. You are not going to be able to find fulfillment out of reverence, outside of reverence for Christ because you were called to help a man who sometimes doesn't want your help. You are also not going to find fulfillment outside of reverence for Christ Because you are called to honor a man who sometimes doesn't appreciate it. It's going to be thrown back at your face. The respect that you give to him. But God says that's no excuse not to fulfill your ministry as a wife. Because you're not doing it ultimately for him. Ultimately, you're doing it for the Lord. 
Now, secondly, as a wife, your ministry of respect must be first and foremost to Christ. Isn't that awesome? That's why I said Christ is the most important person in this passage. Look at First Corinthians chapter eleven again, but look at verse third. Excuse me, verse three, and it says this. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. Remember what I talked about creation order? Well, when he talks about the creatures here, this is important for us to know. As a wife, your ministry of respect must be first and foremost to Christ. Why? Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians eleven three 3, that Christ, he is the head of every man. So what does that mean? Well, this is the reason why... A wife does not jump at what her husband says because a wife is there and she is put there by God to be a check and a balance for him. She is there to be his helpmate. And if all you are doing is being a yes woman to your husband, that is not being his helpmate. Why? Because the hearts of men are evil. And he needs somebody to guide him and following after Christ. And so, if your husband is leading you into sin, or if he's leading you or the family into sin, it's your job as a wife to say, wait a second, buddy. My allegiance is first and foremost to the Lord. You are stepping outside of that And therefore, now I have to call you to count. I have to tell you that you need to submit to the Lord. And I think that's very important because we as husbands, man, we need that. We need that a lot. See, no one can command what God forbids or forbid what God commands. And that includes the husband. The wife is to help her husband keep her eyes on Christ. I I, I praise God. I I don't want to. I think any man who would stand up here would be willing to brag about their wife. But I, I will tell you, my wife does a wonderful job about that. She has no problem telling me that I'm sinning. And, and, and it's not because she's forceful at it or because, you know, I, 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 she's telling me and I don't want to hear it. I, I invite her to tell me when she sees it in me. She does it very respectfully, just like I do it to her, but she lets me know. In fact, about a year, a year ago, about a year and a half ago, I've been searching for who my, my father is, my biological father. And at the beginning of that process, I found a man who I think is him. And at the beginning of that process, I began to look into his life. He's passed away. So I started to look for, uh, into his life, and I started to uh, try to contact his family to try to see if I could get a DNA test done to find out if this man is my biological father or not. And you see, if you don't know my, my story or my testimony, so to speak, My biological father impregnated my mother and then left. I'd never met him before. 
My mother passed away in 2004. And my stepfather, he passed away in 2016. My stepfather raised me since I was three years old. So he's, he's really my father. But I've been wanting just to know, just for the sake of peace, who my biological father is. So once I found out, I contacted his brother and we're talking. And in the conversation, I was told that I should stop my search. If I look like him, just take it for that fact that I look like him and, and don't go any further because I should not ruin the legacy of a man who's already gone. And I have to tell you, that angered me. It, it angered me a lot. I got off the phone and I was mad. Because all my life, I felt like this, this man who is my father, out, whoever he is out there, has been protected. He's been hiding. He's known about me. He's never, he's never faced up to what was done. And so I was angry. I was mad at the fact and I remember getting off the phone and telling my wife, you know what, I'm going to find out who he is. And the reason why I'm going to find out who he is is because I am going to destroy his legacy. I'm going to show everybody what he's done. I'm going to show everybody the sin he has committed. That's what I'm going to do. You see, my initial intent in looking for him was just to have peace. But then it turned around out of my anger. I wanted to destroy his legacy. And my wife said, you better check yourself. She said, that's not the right reason to be looking for this man. You have sinned just as much as he has. You're no better than he is. You better check yourself before you proceed and move on. She said it a lot more eloquently, but that's the way I heard it. And so for the next year, for the next year, I took that time to really search my heart, to really pray, to really seek forgiveness. To really step in the shoes of, of this man who is my father. And it was one of the best things I've ever done. Because after a year was over, I was ready to move forward and I wasn't angry anymore. In fact, I kind of was more understanding to maybe why he did what he did. And right now, I'm in the middle of, of working through that because I think I might have found my siblings. And we're working through that DNA test, but that would have never been possible, I think, if it wasn't for her words of wisdom. Now, what would have happened if she would have been a yes woman? She would have said, you're right, hon. Go destroy that guy's legacy. That wouldn't have been a help to me. She would have been helping me in sin. You see, your ministry as a wife is extremely important in making sure that your husband is walking after Christ. And then also, as a wife, your ministry of respect must be to your own husband. Notice what the passage says. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Well, the wife is to leave her father and mother and join herself to her husband. The two shall become one flesh. You do not become one flesh with anybody else but your wife. That's what the Bible calls you. 
He calls you, the, the, the Lord calls you to be one flesh with your husband or your wife. You see, a wife is not one flesh with anyone else but her husband. Her devotion of respect is to her husband first and then to all others. Now, what happens here? What happens here a lot of times is that there's this, there's this uh, battle. There's this battleground that the husband and the wife are going after. And the wife will respect her husband, but, but maybe she will respect her father more. The wife will respect her husband, but maybe her respect and her love goes more for her kids than her husband. Paul says a wife is to respect her own husband. Just like wife, you want to be cherished by your man first and foremost, by your husband first and foremost. Your husband wants to be respected by you first and foremost. So kids cannot get in between your relationship. Your parents cannot get in between your relationship. And oh, by the way, for those who are not married yet, their future wives, boyfriends are not included in this passage. You are not to submit to your boyfriend as unto the Lord. If he hadn't put a ring on it, he ain't worth the respect that the Bible is calling him to be. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Maybe he's a Christian man. But I'm telling you right now, God's instruction is for the husband and is for the wife. And if there and I don't know this, but if there's anybody here who is cohabitating, who is who are living together outside of marriage. I know that you're having some problems. And I know you're having problems with this right here. And maybe this is the reason why you haven't pulled the trigger and gotten married. You're living outside of the word of God. You're sinning against the Lord. If you're expecting. Husband, if you're expecting your wife to respect you in this way, or rather boyfriend, if you're expecting your girlfriend to respect you in this way. First of all, y'all both need to turn to the Lord. Second of all, it's not going to happen until she becomes your wife. You see, God has, and I'm going to close with this. I've been here long enough. But God has providentially, talking to you ladies out there, God has providentially given you a husband. Think about this. I, I, I think this is remarkable. Out of anybody, out of anybody that you could have married, if your husband is sitting next to you right now, I want you to turn around, look at him and see that that's the guy that God has has for you. Isn't that awesome? Out of anybody, millions of people, anyone who could ever existed here and now, that's who God has set aside for you. Also, that's who you have selected. Unless you were part of arranged marriage, that's who you picked. 
But that's who God has providentially given you. But look, he has given you this husband for this reason. He has given you this husband for his glory and for your good. Now my charge to you as a wife is that you find fulfillment in respecting him out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray.